Hola, and welcome to episode 103 of Word to Your Mama. Word to Your Mama is a podcast about the life of a Latina mama, that's me, and the lives of my amazing multicultural tribe, a celebration of shared experiences navigating this dynamic world. There will be special guests, mad laughs, and absolutely no BS. Nah, B is our motto. Segments by the Supernatural Bear, he's 10, going on 40. But other than that, this podcast will be explicit. Please believe it. And why do I have a wider range of dope peeps on here? It's because I come from the music, art, and Web3 industries. Today we have Candy Angel Diaz. She is a Nepantlera, I always mess that word up, Nepantlera artivist. Yes. So today we're going to talk about what being an artivist looks like for her, her entry into community work via her workshops in Dia de Muertos altar making, the history and frequently asked questions of Dia de Muertos altar making, and so much more. This is also very special because if you've been around since Jump with this podcast, Muchisima Gracia, and if even if you've only heard one or two episodes, but if you listen all the way to the end, because the format is usually intro, this part, then it's the convo with the person, special guest, then it's the supernatural bear corner, then an outro. Every outro since jump, I've been saying, we reap. I go, we reap. So Candy is part of that amazing group of powerful, magical women. And I met these women when the Supernatural Bear was attending a co-op preschool. So he was like three. He actually started a little bit earlier, but like around three years old is when I met these women. And it was it, it's, it's ran by a, a magical lady named Teacher Bonnie. And um, I went in thinking like, okay, it's a co-op, so I got to do stuff and I got to interact with people but I'm in and I'm out right it's a three days a week I'm in and I'm out I don't need friends I got my friends um but you know in reality I didn't have any friends that had kids that were smaller or if I did they lived further away so it was a blessing that I met these magical motherfucking warriors aka mamas because we're all going through similar things and it was you know usually you're 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 fortunate enough to meet one person right that you click with but I met four women four women I mean three women sorry excuse me three women that were magical and added so much to my life and Candy is one of those people and she gives so much. I've learned so much from her. I've been inspired by her. So this is a huge treat and an honor because this is their high season, as you will hear. And so I just want to say um, muchísima gracia for her time. And uh, you'll hear how amazing she is. And you'll get to see, I'll have links so you could see the amazing work that she does if you're listening to this on um, Monday when it drops on Hallow's Eve, then um, there's still time for some of the events that she does. If you're in the L.A. area, because uh, she's definitely part of uh, what happens at Spark L.A. And I have links to all of that stuff. So, yes, don't forget. Convo time. 
then Supernatural Bear Corner, then the outro. So yes, let's get into this. Candy, gracias for Been being here. <laughs> you are busy. Uh, as we will get into it, uh, this is busy times. So I really, 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 really appreciate you making the time to talk to me because, you know, it's it's it. We're in. You're in thick of it. This is like your high season, uh, high season because of what the work that you do that we'll definitely get into. So I appreciate the time. Um, I wanted to start off by saying, ¿Cómo estás? How are you doing today? Awesome. I think um, you know as I was starting to share with you a little bit earlier, um, I got to hear in the workshop some of the storytelling from some of the people, some of the folks that were coming through the workshop. And I feel that the most important work for, for me is listening to those stories mm-hmm. and giving space to those stories. And so now when you ask me, like, how does, how does my heart feel? How do I feel physically? Even though my body might feel physically tired, I feel like my energy is mm-hmm. like, you know, it has been fed through these stories of today mm. and it just making me look forward to, you know, tomorrow and, and the days that are coming forward. Yes, we're recording this on the 29th, just for reference. So this is high season of uh, the amazing work that you do for the community as far as, you know, prepping rituals, workshops for Dia de Muertos. Um, but other than that, how how are you doing? I love it, Ritzy. I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good. It was good. Um, yeah, it was good. Like I said, you know, the storytelling was good. And um overall it feels good, you know, it's it's good times. Mm-hmm. Tiring times, but it's good. Okay. So you're exhausted physically, but your soul is filled with the stuff that you need exactly okay all right we'll we'll accept that we'll accept that (laughs) okay so let's get into uh let the people know where you know where were you born and where where did you grow up i was born in long guanajuato and i grew up in san juan de los lagos jalisco um and when i was nine ten years old i uh, migrated illegally to santa barbara california Mm. And um, I lived there um, until about 1998 when I transferred to Casting Northridge, and um, you know I moved, I moved to another land. So um, since then I've been out here in LA, and so this is where I reside now, Tongva land. Tongva land for sure. Um, so you know the when I asked. People, when I ask people what when they're gonna come on, what their title is, you put activist. So could right. you tell us what that what that means to you, and what you hope, um, you know, what that means and what that looks like for you. Activist is a combination of being an artist and being an activist, and I feel that a lot of my work is is that you know uh, creating art. Um, as a collective um, through activism. Um, and a lot of these cultural events that we're doing are, you know, a form of resistance for social justice. 
So for me, that is key that, you know, we can, I continue to do this work, um, art is healing. And so um, that is, I feel like one of the most powerful tools and throughout movements, whether it's been, um, you know, the Chicano movement, the African-American movement, you know, the um, indigenous movement, all of these movements, we've seen artists, you know, at the forefront of these movements. Mm. And I feel that they're so critical and it's so important, especially when we're incorporating, you know, we're working with the community, Um, especially I I like to work with younger generations because Mm. I feel like, you know, they're more receptive to being able to embrace this um, type of work and, um, and it gives us hope. Yeah. I love that. I love that, that you've, um, you know, taken this title and own it, you know, it's not a eh, like, oh, you know, kind of like shyly or, you know, kind of modestly like I'm an art, I'm an activist, I guess. You're just like, no, I'm an activist. That's it. That's what I am. And it encompasses everything that you do. So I love that. So I wanted to ask you, you know, how representation comes into play how important is it that our histories and traditions are rep- are presented to us, to our communities, by people that are from the community? I think it's key. You know, um, we've been, we've lost our voices for so many thousands of years. Mm. And um, it's, You know, it's always a struggle to maintain representation because these are not welcoming spaces and you always got to push through. But so have our ancestors. They've Mm. survived and they keep on surviving through us. And so for me, when I speak for me, I'm not just speaking for myself. I'm speaking for my family. I'm speaking for my community. I'm speaking for the people that came before me. Mm. And I feel that when I think of that, that is so powerful. That is you know, just magical in a sense, because we're keeping it alive. And I feel that for me, you know, when you present it, um, when you present your own cultures, your own traditions um, to the community, they can be received in different ways, but there's so many more similarities than differences that I feel that when you're at the root of it, you know, we are all human. We are all connected to Mother Earth and to the cosmos. And so for me, at the end of the day, that's what matters is that, you know, we're speaking from our heart, that we're speaking, um, that we're letting our ancestors speak through us, you know, and to yeah. utilize us as um, as tools more than anything to be able to accomplish this work. Because I feel, you know, like I said earlier, these are... Um, acts of resistance of survival mm-hmm. you know and um especially in our in our society today you know when it is um so much easier to just start labeling people and start separating divide and conquer that mm-hmm. this is where we truly need to be at the forefront of who we truly are and um and who who have left and paved the way you know and um, and I just kind of want to follow those footsteps. I feel that when I do that, doors open up for me, like you saw, you know, yeah. amazingly. Um, and one of the biggest things that I've been able to say is that, you know, the ancestors do provide. Um, there's not in Mesoamerican 
traditions, we don't necessarily feel that um, death is, you know, the reality. It's more like life is the dream. And when mm. we die, we are actually awakened, you know, and yeah. it's still that transition. And so for me, it's like, you know, I'm only here for a little bit because I'm only dreaming, but I'm going to do as much as I can to be able to, you know, connect with as many folks as possible. And I feel like I've been able to do that. Um, whether it's, you know, 500 students or whether it's one person, mm. you know, it's been wonderful to be able to connect. Yes. And keep those traditions alive. I love that. I love that. What you said about here, where we're here right now, this is dreaming. That's beautiful. And I think you saw that me repost this, but I don't think I had enough time to tell you that it reminded me of your work and the work of a lot of people that we, we are fortunate enough to know or uh, be aware of in our communities that are doing this work. And it said, um, when you tell our, when we tell our stories, our ancestors and those we will never meet are smiling. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, I don't know if that's from someplace else, but this is from indigenous photographer, artist, Josue Rivas. He posted it on a, um, a reel when he's like taking these amazing photos of this indigenous woman. Mm -hmm. And I kept playing it and playing it. And then I was like, I need a, I, I have a thing in my notes app where I write down quotes. And that's the latest quote mm -hmm. that I wrote down. Cause I feel like it's what we're all doing, right? Where we're all trying mm -hmm. to do, especially in black and brown communities and other marginalized communities. And this is, we're saying, we're saying, now fuck that. Not anymore. You know, we are owning our histories and our stories. Um, these, uh, I don't think it's any uh, accident or coincidence that these stories that people try to hide for so many years are coming to light. Like in the last episode with Moni Vargas, you know, the story she told, I had no idea. But because she documented and told this story and I saw the photos and the videos, I was like, oh, shit, you know, and then there was pride, right? Because it was part of our history. It's part of our story. And then like, you know, the Summer of Soul, like a whole fucking festival mm -hmm. for multiple days yeah. happened mm -hmm. in 1960 something. And we had no idea. But because someone found the footage and said, I need to tell, we need to tell the story. Yeah, It's like helping us heal, right? It's like these stories are helping us heal. Uh, you know, these altars, you know, are helping us heal. Yeah. And these workshops and all the things that you do. So I just wanted to, to, to bring that up because you're reminding me, the things that you're saying, you're reminding me of this quote and how important it is for us to, you know, to embrace this. And so I wanted to make that change into transition into how did you even, you know, did you consider yourself to be an artist as a kid? Did you see yourself doing this type of work? Like, how did you come into this type of work? And, and why, how did it lead up to you being, you know, an activist and, and really being one of the main community leaders in this area that, does alters how did that come about 
Yeah. So, um, you know, like I mentioned, I feel that, you know, growing up in San Juan de los Lagos, it's a very uh, religious town. We have uh, a Virgen de San Juan de los Lagos. I went to an all-girl Catholic school. You know, my family's very um, involved and supportive of the Catholic Church. And so um, that religious, spiritual aspect of me going with my grandma to church and walking over. So that ritual aspect, Mm. you know, was since I was a kid, I feel, you know, because going into mass, going into, we were doing, you know, Las Posadas and that's like theater, but it's art, but it's, you know, it's telling the story. And so I feel like, you know, you automatically kind of grow up with a lot of these traditions um, that start that foundation. By the time I was um, in Santa Barbara, uh, three years later, because I arrived in, you know, entering fifth grade, by the time I was Going into seventh grade, I met Louis Vega, who was a Chicano community activist back home in Santa Barbara. And uh, he's he was our advisor in Mecha. And so, you know, he connected us, um, our the youth with La Casa de la Raza, who is a cultural um center as well in Santa Barbara, very well known. And um in Santa Barbara, there's also so much history. You know, that's where we have El Plan de Santa Barbara. So Chicanismo, El Movimiento started off there. And so the slogan was always, you know, La Cultura Cura. Um, and so for me, coming into this country, you know, first of all, it's an illegal and, you know, not knowing the language, not knowing the culture, that part was really um, difficult to kind of find pride in yourself and who mm. you are, because automatically, you know, you're not, you don't know, you don't speak the language, you're less than, you know, you're brown, you're less than, you know, you social economics, you're less than specifically in Santa Barbara, which is, you know, a community that you have the, the haves and the have nots. Yeah. And so that was um, a transition going into being politically conscious about, you know, what we were doing and what kind of work we were supporting in the community. And I felt a place that felt like home, that I felt accepted and welcome to. And I started then meeting other activists uh, in the community. At that time, Armando Vallejo was uh, the director of La Casa de la Raza, later Raquel. So all, all these there has been so many amazing mentors that I've been able to be blessed to have in my path that I feel like, you know, automatically a lot of them have been artists mm-hmm. and were activists. And I was like, this is this is what I kind of I want to do this for the rest of my life, <laughs> you know, because you also see. I saw the changes, not just in me, but I saw the changes in my family. I saw mm-hmm. that my sister started getting involved in Vale Folclorico. So by the time they were five years old, they started Vale Folclorico, La Casa de la Raza. And so just seeing them grow and be proud of who they were and continuing these traditions was kind of like a confirmation that, you know, the work that we were doing. And to this day, I... um I have a colega who I'm working with at CSUN. Um, she's also, we're collaborating with some of the ofrendas because she's a professor at CSUN. But, you know, we went to high school together. Oh. And so um, she always tells me, like, she got involved, you know, in Mecha because I stopped her one day and, I, you know, I started just chatting with her and, like, you got to come to the meetings and, you you know, we, we really need you. And, um 
so anyway, she started coming. And so now here we are 30 years later, you know, and we're still doing the same work. We're, you know, she's now a um, ballet folklorico um, dance director and she's a lecturer uh, at CSUN with, you know, Chicano Studies. And so I seen this whole you know, uh, going from seed to flowering and now, you know, to putting other seeds and other um, yeah. young freshmen. And so I, I see the benefits of it. Um, and so it's been it's been amazing. I don't know if I've answered the question, but <laughs> I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that. Sign symbols, see, and clues. Sign yes, symbols and clues. Sign symbols and clues. So definitely um, what I've seen is that you know, my children have benefited. I've seen the growth in other children in the community and that it inspires them. We have kids who have now been participating in some of these Dia de los Muertos events for the past nine, eight years. And so you see pictures of them being so little, you know, uh, helping out. And now you see them now, you know, in high school or in middle school and they're still helping and they still feel, you know, connected to these traditions and they're happy to be there like they want to be there um and so that right there is kind of like really fulfilling because it just says that we are doing the right type of work and that we are you know sembrando estas semillitas in a lot of these um youth and you know they're our next generations and that's why it's so key to start working with them and really start showing them all of these traditions I love that and you know just on a personal note you know I started doing you know, small little altars here. And I started learning about it, you know, um, I don't know how many years ago now, but it wasn't till I, you invited me to what you were doing at Spark LA. Um, and to see it on a, on a, on a grand scale, but also to be there with part of, to witness part of the ritual. And hear the history, you know, it. if you're if you're in a place where you're isolating, you don't have people that are a part of your community and you have to do it alone. That's one thing. But it's something next level when you see it and you see it done in community it, in the way it was supposed to have been done. Right. Like I had the, the mm-hmm. honor and the privilege of being in Oaxaca for Dia de los Muertos by myself way, way back in the days. And I saw that and I was inspired. And since then, I was like, oh, I want to do it here. But I never connected with others that were doing it. and I never saw it on this scale. So I'm here to say if I never thanked you, thank you so much, because that was like a turning point. And then you were so wonderful to, you know, to add my mom to yeah. this huge community altar. I mean, that was like special. It, 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 no pun intended. It sparked yeah. something. <laughs> True. It, it, you know what I mean? Like, so muchisima gracias, cause you're doing it for me and I'm older. I'm significantly older. So the fact that you've been doing this for, you know, the younger generation, you know, future ancestors, you know, um, like, you know, a past guest, um, the um, Yvonne that we both know because she did the the bilingual meditation. I've had her on. I'll have a link to her episode también. Um, Mm. You know, she calls them future world changers. And I love that. I love it. I love that title, you know, future Mm. world changers, because that's what they are. And, you know, look at the stuff. Look at the shit that you're doing, Candy. Look at the shit that you're doing. Look what when you were born, where you grew up, all the barriers and obstacles that you had before you, but you're still doing this. 
But imagine if we had what you're providing for these kids when we were growing up. Like how things would like we would be fucking crazy next level. Right. But we're still doing great. But I'm just saying like this is giving hope and and like you said, planting the seeds. So now I want to get into the meat to the nitty gritty of, you know, what you do. Let's start off with this because it's been a whole thing these past couple of days. I've got it from the people from in the house. I've got it from friends. And I've been using it different ways. Is it Dia de Muertos or is it Dia de los Muertos? Can it be interchanged? You're the expert. Let us know. So Dia de Muertos is in Mexico and in other Latin American countries. Dia de los Muertos is here in the United States. And the reason is because of the translation. Ah. Once you translate it as Day of the Dead, you know, Mm, Dia de los Muertos. So that's, so either way you would be okay with whichever label you would want to use it, you know, um, but yeah, most, been people here, most people here, you know, <laughs> and the interesting thing now is that, you know, just in the last recent years is we're starting to now see a lot more commerce commercialization of sí. using day of the dead. It's sí. not even anymore like in Spanish, Dia de los Muertos or Dia de Muertos. Now it's like day of the dead, you know, and I feel like, and I'm sorry, I get like all passionate about these no, things, no, but course, you know, this is, this is when we're talking about, you know, true representation, right? True. Yeah. Um, and here I would say is acculturation, right? Because mm-hmm. now they're taking it and, you know, we're starting to see a lot more different things happening with the other Los Muertos. And I mean, it, it is also expected to see it develop and change because at the end of the day, you know, we are a uh, combination of so many different mixtures of yeah. cultures. And um, so things are going to, are going to bound to change, you know, yeah. um, when you put it out to the community as a collective, you yeah. know, but I feel that if we continue to maintain that essence, you know, I think that's what's key. And um, just kind of going back, you know, it's the seeds that you were talking about for our younger generations, but I also feel that, you know, you are right, you know, whether it's, and you're, whether it's, you know, older folks, um, it's about creating that space for people to actually process and for people to actually, um, have that connection with, you know, whether they've been old or young or it's been pets, whoever our loved ones is, but to be able to have that connection, you know, because sometimes people might be like, well, I haven't lost anybody, but they've lost a pet. And, you know, these are companions as well. So these are also family members, you know, that, you know, we can also tend to remember, but yeah, Day of the Dead, (laughs) Dia de los Muertos (laughs) or Dia de Muertos. Yeah, because this is this is new to me within the last maybe couple of years, maybe maybe the last year, you know, because I'm I'm more around people from Mexico now. Yeah. I'm I'm more in contact, you know, on Twitter or you know DMs or Telegram and todo eso, and other Latin American countries. So you know, it's Dia de Muertos. I was like, oh shit, am right. I saying are we are we saying it wrong? You know, so it's just like, oh, where what is the when and when to use it? So. You know, recently Nike came out with the they they actually put Dia de Muertos collection. They're pretty dope. But, you know, my friend brought it to my attention. He was like, ah, but they used it wrong. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, it said they put Dia de Muertos. I go, oh, well, actually, I just learned that you it's you can use both. But I didn't know what was what. So yeah. I needed that clarification. Muchisimas yeah. gracias. Yeah. Okay. 
So now this is a perfect time to go into the questions and comments from the audience. So going into, you know, Dia de Muertos, going into altars and all this time, we have a couple of questions um, and from one, one person specifically. We'll start off with those, and I think I put them in a certain order. So what music do you listen to during that time when you're creating the altars and stuff like that for you personally? Like what kind of music do you listen to? COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. This episode of Word to Your Mama is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. So I think we've all been to birthday parties at McDonald's, if you think about it. Am I right? Especially us Gen Xers. Back in the days, for my experience, you know, we didn't have much. But on the rare occasion, someone in our community or someone from my school would have a birthday party. They would have it at McDonald's. And it would be hella special because we got the little happy meal with the gift. But it wasn't our birthday, but we still got a little gift. And all the crew members that worked at McDonald's, it was people that we saw in the neighborhood or even people that we knew. Um, So I think McDonald's crew members might throw more birthday parties than any other employees in the world. And I think that's pretty special when you can see people from your community be a part of it. So, yeah, I'm loving it. Many of us have heard of the devastating passing of Hurricane Fiona through Puerto Rico, but not many of us know of ways, or better yet, trustworthy ways to help and contribute to those in need. Fiona a Través de los Ojos de los Niños is an NFT project featuring art made by children of the nonprofit school Flor de Loto in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Through their drawings, they've expressed their feelings and fears, which they went through the hurricane. You can help these children, their school, families, and communities by minting one of their NFTs at helppr.xyz. You can also help by sending crypto directly to their wallet listed on the website or do a donation through PayPal. The links can be found in the description. And to learn more about this initiative and how you can help, please visit helppr.xyz or via Twitter at helpprflm. Ayuda a tus hijos y estudiantes a llegar más lejos. Aprende más sobre la beca nacional hacer de McDonald's. Desde 1985, McDonald's ha otorgado más de 33 millones de dólares en becas. Gánate una beca de hasta 100 mil dólares. McDonald's está dando 500 mil dólares en becas este año. Puedes ganar una de 30 becas hoy día. Es importante seguir adelante y hacer más. A ayudar a estudiantes hispanos a hacer más que las generaciones anteriores. Hacer más de lo que se creen capaz. Hacer más de lo que pensaban que era posible. Por sí mismos, por su gente, por su cultura, por un mejor futuro. 
Para más información sobre la beca nacional ACER de McDonald's, visita mcdonalds.com diagonal ACER. Aprende más. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. So I usually start off with songs that, so for example, I'm going to give you an example today. Um, today we were playing at the workshop. I usually start off with a song for Isaiah. So it's usually, mm. you know, um, Eres with Cafe of Cuba. Yes. And, um, and then usually after that, I'll start asking people that are there with me to give me their dedications and their songs. So that's, if nobody's with me, then that's it. For me today, it was, we started off with Eres at the workshop, but once we got home and then we started kind of clearing out the space to make, you know, um, so there's a difference also between an altar and an ofrenda and ofrendas once you have built it, you know, it's an mm. offering. Um, and that's another question that a lot of the people ask is like, what's, what's the correct word? Is it ofrenda? Is it altar? You know, um, and what's the difference in between those two, but other than, um, then Cafe Tacuba, I'll definitely listen to the other music that my other family members used to like, Juan Graviel, Rocio yeah. Durcal, um, you know, so songs that other people who I love will also be listening. So as I'm creating, I'll be listening to the music that they would also be listening to that I grew up listening to with them. Yeah. And it just kind of gives me that um, connection. Um, I was really hyped, though, I... Uh, when was it? The day before yesterday. Yesterday, when we started off with uh, Sin Miedo. Mm. And uh, this was on my way into the library. And I just thought that was so powerful to be able to listen to to that song as I'm entering, you know, this this, this structure, you know, that has so much history. And um, so anyways, yeah. What, and what's, who's that by? Uh, I'm sorry, the name of it. I think I mispronounced it. Are you We're, talking about the Ceci Bastida song? Yeah, Ceci. Oh, No, te, no Tengas no Miedo. Tengo, no tengas oh, yeah, miedo. yeah, yeah. How great is that song? Yeah, it was like a cool little anthem to be able to like, you know, walk in there in this space because, and I'll share with you one of the things that um, the library at CSUN and these structural spaces and in institutions have had a long history, you know, with Chicanos and marginalized communities mm. and the way they've treated people. And so walking into the library, I knew that I wasn't just going to be taking a small little space to create an ofrenda. I was actually going to be taking some of the fence that was going to be around because now I'm claiming borders and what these fences. And it's mm. because there's a fence that's linked on, you know, that is they're doing construction, but it's still a fence, right? Mm. It's like this is a safe place. That's not a safe place. Yeah. You know, um, I'm really into Gloria Antaldúa's border borderlands. And so for me, that whole concept of, you know, reclaiming spaces. Yeah. Um, was powerful so you know i was going in we started putting papel picado outside on the fence you know we took yeah. more space than we thought that you know they had only given me like a small little space for the ofrenda and by the time i left that 
they, you know, I had already taken over the walls on the side of my ofrenda. <laughs> I had taken over the middle of uh, another wall in, in, in the library. So, you know, it kind of, for me, it was like reclaiming these spaces as well. Um, not just for me, but for all the generations of other people who have come before me and who have done a lot of the work for us to be able to be at this university, for our, you know, for Chicano studies, Chicana studies to be able to be at that university. So for me, that was like, you know, a, a real good anthem to start off. So I just wanted to say thank you for sharing that with me. It was, you know, perfect, a perfect way to start it off. And I actually started sharing it with some of the, with like my other compañera who I was going to be meeting, Cindy. And I'm like, hey, play this before you walk in. So it wasn't just <laughs> me, you know, now we're bringing in a lot more folks with, you know, that kind of energy into what we're creating. Uh, I love that, man. And I love it because that literally that song just came out yesterday. Ceci Bastida, she was on here last year, um, episode 38. I'll have a link to that and I'll definitely have a link to that her song. But I'm going to tell her what you said. That's going to make, you know, going to make her day for sure. So this the next question um, and this this question is by. The, the first question and this question is by Ozzy, founder of Hola Metaverso. Um, the next one is, what role does, and I'm going to fuck this pronunciation. I even wrote it out. I'm still going to fuck it up. What role does the esquinque, is that how you say the dog? Esquinque. Uh -huh. Esquinque. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's talking about Sholok. The, he's like, what dog does esquinque, what, what role does esquinque dog play in Dia de los Muertos? That's a really good question. So he's the one that is going to be our um, kind of like our guide into mm. back into Mikla. Mikla is the land of the dead, mm. uh, you know, and this goes back to the tradition of the journey to Mikla. Um, and this is like the Mesoamerican um, aspect of, you know, the traditions of Dia de los Muertos. And, you know, what are all these things mean? Because everything in an ofrenda that you put has a symbol, has, um, you know, a representation of something. And uh, the the dogs are supposed to be also uh, one of the ones that are going to lead you, the candles and your companion, the dog. And back, you know, in Mesoamerican times, they used to actually, you you would also be very, getting um, buried with, you know, your pet, you know, because oh. they're there to be your companion in this life and then in the oh. next one. So they're very, they're very important. That's awesome. Um, so that was by Ozzy from Ola Metaverso. Um, and speaking of Ola Metaverso, if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, Monday, November 1st, that means please make sure I have a link to listen to Candy. It's going to be one of our special guests where Haritos and Ola Metaverso are doing a Twitter yeah. space. And she's going to be one of our special guests. It's um, Haritos and Ola Metaverso present... Dia de Muertos, Cultura Viva. And she's our expert that's going to be on there and it's going to be her first Twitter space. She's going to do an amazing job. And if it's past November 2nd, the link will still work so you can listen to the replay. Uh, okay, so the next question. Please ask Miss Candy what kind of food and desserts we put on the altars and that is by the Supernatural Bear. I love it. Supernatural there. This is awesome. Thank you for asking this question because it is the I feel like one of the most important things that we put on an ofrenda is, you know, the food that we're going to be putting for our loved ones. And so what we're going to put on the ofrenda is going to be their special foods. 
Um, so depending on who you're honoring, for example, if it's like my grandfather, we would definitely have some cafe in it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it's because we want him to feel welcome. Mm -hmm. So whatever particular food um, your loved one liked or your pet, um, you, you provide that food for them because you want them, you know, to feel welcome, to feel to feel that love that you made something special for them. So it might be a sopita de fideo, mm -hmm. you know, it might be, you know, the, the pan dulce that they might've liked. Um, other than that, you know, the other kind of food that you're going to find is going to be the pan de muerto. And then that symbol that has a different symbol symbolism, but other than that, you know, um, it's whatever our loved one liked and enjoyed. And, and what is a pan de, de muerto for? Why do we need, why is it there? What is the part of the ritual that it needs to be there? Um, so the pan de muerto is important because what you're going to see is that it represents earth. It represents life. It represents the bones um, and different. And I feel that um, this is kind of an interesting question because it's one of the elements that we were, that it always goes on in ofrenda whether you're in Mexico or whether you're in Peru or, mm, you know, in other oh, countries really? and they have different kinds of breads also. Mm. And um, these are generations of families that have done this trade of, you know, baking these particular breads during these particular times, um, specifically for our loved ones, you know, in celebration of them. And they all have different meanings. Um in um in Oaxaca, you might find your pan de muerto not necessarily with bones and a lot of sugar. You might find it more in little shapes of animals. Mm. Um, and that, you know, that's a different representation, what different animal means. And every culture has that, you know, in a sense. Um we would probably also see in Peru that you would find, you know, a piece of bread that has is more of a monito. So mm. they, they look different than, you know, you would think of a, a round bread. So but bread is also very important, um, regardless of what country you're from. You know, it's yeah. you're going to be able to find it because it has that a lot of different symbolisms. I love that, that, you know, you know that it's for that we know now that it's for what it represents. You know that it's for mm -hmm. the bones, kind of like the the body, I guess maybe. Yes, like, it is. Like the physical body, um, and then also you did this amazing presentation. You sh were you we were fortunate enough to to view it. You shared it with us. It was me and cousin Peg, and uh, I learned so much. So could you like just kind of briefly just explain? Because I should have done this early before I asked the questions, but just explain, you know, um, what. Dia de los Muertos is about and then how you showed us how other Latin American because everyone think oh it's only a Mexican thing but it's not just a Mexican thing and also everyone celebrates it the concept is kind of the same but they celebrate it differently and um, if you mm -hmm. could kind of mention I, I think what's an interesting one I think was Guat, uh, Guatemala like how they yeah. are different from so if you could go into that Por favor. yeah so in Guatemala you know just across at the end of the day, because this is an indigenous tradition, mm -hmm. you're going to find it throughout Latin America. It wasn't until we were colonized that things started to change and it was and then it became, you know, part of um, the Catholic embracing some of these traditions to be able to. Um, colonized, um, you know, the traditions, for example, in Guatemala, 
one of the things that they do is they make papalotes. And so they're these huge kites that they make, you know, they put prayers and then they put um, the names of their loved ones and then they go up into the sky. They And so the meaning is that, you know, you're you're sending your good wishes, you're sending mm-hmm. your good uh, prayers up to the heavens. And so that's why you're sending up these beautiful um, kites. Um, you know, in other places they'll do um, the, the hot air kind of like, um, lanterns, mm. you know, so different places um, do different things. But I feel that um, in Guatemala, specifically that town, it is just really beautiful just to see all these communities coming together and creating these huge masterpieces. I mean, it's just an amazing sight. Um, I have never been to Guatemala for Dia de los Muertos. I've just been there to uh, do some uh, research, archaeological research at some of the ruins. But oh, other than that, I have not I have not been there. For Dia yeah, when you Muertos. showed us that, that was great. I was like, oh, that's awesome to know that other Latin American countries do it and they do it in their own way. And those kites were gorgeous. Um, OK, so let's keep going with some more questions and comments from the audience. Let's see here. OK, the next one. Candy to me embodies the modern Renaissance woman, beautiful, intellectual, and able to get down at the club. And this is by Janet, founder of Get Ready LA, because about to hit you, Pizza Baby, Korean and Filipino pizza. She's part of the BOD and part of the C crew. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Facts right there. Okay, the next one. Activists in big and small ways every day, constantly tending community, honoring the history through ritual and practices of her ancestors, reminding us all to slow down and move with clarity and intention. That is from Kim, the OG We Reap crew, part of BOD and C crew. Oh my gosh, I love it. These mujeres are poderosas. <laughs> and the final one, <clears throat> excuse me. Candy is a force. Her love, intuition, and strength are her superpowers. Why are you guys making me cry? <laughs> now you're making me cry. And she applies them generously to family, community, work, and friendship. She gives herself authentically as if there is no alternative, I receive with gratitude and I live in awe. This is from Liberty, another OG We Reap crew member, a BOD and a C crew member, all the way from New Zealand. Oh my gosh, you guys are so amazing. <laughs> you know, it is this type of energy that keeps you going, that keeps you grounded, that, that keeps on pushing you forward. And I feel that that's what, you know, you mujeres have been doing for me. And I'm just so grateful and blessed to be able to have this. And, you know, to some extent, like I said, you know, the ancestors do provide and they do open up, you know, like, who do you need, you know, and, and here, here you are, these powerful mujeres. Um, you know, I just, I really come back change every time I spend time with you ladies you know it's um it's always a good time and I am so blessed to have you in my life and you know just to hear your wonderful words about me I you know I don't often think of myself that way but just to be able to hear that you feel this way about me is um 
just, just, I'm just so grateful. You know, I'm so grateful. I feel like I'm so blessed. So thank you so much for, for all of your love and all of your wonderful words and support. It's amazing. I got teary eyed because we love you so much, Candy. And love you guys too. Ladies. And, and it's, it's, and I, and I think the crew will, will agree though. These amazing women will agree that, you know, we've known you now for, I don't know what, six, seven, eight, I don't know how many years now. Cause you know, where we met, I, I think I'll mention it in the intro. Um, but it's always a beautiful thing to see someone, someone that you've since jump believed in and saw all these things for finally see it for themselves. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful fucking thing because we've always known it since jump, you know, and, and to see you own it and allow yourself to be open for the ancestors to provide the way yeah. because you were such a gift candy you're such a gift to us to your family to the ancestors to the community you know what i'm saying like you're providing so much without maybe even not even seeing it do you know what i'm saying and so it's a beautiful thing so muchisima gracia for letting us be a part of your journey thank you okay so now, you know what i was gonna say is see um one of the important things I feel that this work is um, important is because there's three deaths. We talk about las tres sí, muertes, sí. right? So la primera muerte es cuando te mueres tú. And here mm -hmm. I go into the Spanish, so I'm sorry. No, no, uh, do, the, it, do it, do it. Is Spanglish okay, okay, perfect. <laughs> so la segunda muerte es cuando te entierran. Y la tercera muerte es la muerte que nunca quieres porque esa es la muerte cuando te olvidas. Yeah de esas personas. Entonces, para mí eso es muy importante, no dejar la tercera muerte que pase on my, on my watch, yeah. you know? y recordar yeah. a la comunidad que no podemos dejar que pase eso. Y por eso una de las razones también que se pone una vela extra. So, you know, for the forgotten soul. So you always, sí. even if you're not necessarily conscious of somebody in particular, you know, but you know that somebody is, you know? Or even when we call on our ancestors, you, you let them know, bring your friends. Traganse a los amigos. Plenty room. Pan de muerte for days. We got some cafe, like whatever, right here for days. I love that. I love that. And then I don't know if this is true, because I saw it on Tip Top. Also for the for the 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 lost souls or the souls that you know nobody remembers anymore. It said to um leave some water out for them. Yeah, the water is muy importante porque somos el agua es vida, right? Mm, so mm. um El agua representa when they come back and they're, you know, they're just arriving. And so they're thirsty because mm. they've traveled this long journey from Mikla now, um, you know, to, to this realm. And so, um, you know, that's, they come back thirsty. And so if you put your glass of water, you know, one day, and obviously you're going to see it less the next day that you go and you check on it, you know, yeah. it is said that they did come and take, yeah. you know, those, that little, you know, aguita, that little bubble that you might see all of a sudden, you know, go up. That was, you know, an ancestor 
taking a, a little sip of that water. Obviously, it could be condensation and, you know, all of these. Evaporation. Evaporation. Is it, but yeah, we, we believe in the magic. We believe in yeah. the magic. So I love that. I love that so much. Okay, let's get into the Nats Forever Fire questions, the AKA Slow as Hell questions. Are you ready, Candy? Vámonos. <laughs> Three words to describe yourself. Luchadora. Sí. Um, Nepantlera. Hell yeah. Tell the peaks. I don't, I just found out what this word means and I'm all about it now. So what is that word? Say it again, por favor, and tell us what it means. So Nepantlera um, and is somebody from Nepantla and uh, Nepantla is, you know, a concept that Gloria Saldua and I think I was mentioning to you earlier that I'm all, I'm all into, you know, um, her theories and her frameworks. Um, but it is a space that is you're in between that you're that you're balancing from, you know, that you're you're walking in between two spaces. And I feel that during this time of creating for Dia de los Muertos, it's kind of like we're walking in between those two spaces. But yeah. also being, a, you know, even though I, I am Mexicana, um, I consider myself, you know, a Chicana. And now a Latinx, you know, embracing my younger generations, my daughter, you know, Mr. Yeah. Pickle here, who is like, <laughs> I am not, <laughs> you're not going to define me. I am going to choose my own uh, identity. Yes. Um, and so I feel that um, it has really been a place where I am able to step in and stay a step out of, and I just kind of feel like it's embracing who I am, um, or in the spaces that I can walk from, you know, being, um, in this society, being, you know, even on the West side of LA, right. so it's just so many different components. I feel that, you know, it, it really embraces and I, um, yeah, Nepantla. If you don't know what that is, uh, please check it out. It's N-E-P-T-L-A, Nepantla. Yeah, I'm going to have it. I'm going to have the word. It's probably going to be in the title because I love it so much. Like as soon as you showed it to me, you told me about it yesterday and I looked it up. I was like, hell, fuck yeah. And it's so beautiful, right? Because English could be so limiting. But like there's words in other languages, especially Spanish and like Japanese and other things where it's like, Oh, one word can mean a whole phrase. It can mean a whole concept. It says so much in one word. In those letters, says so much. It, it, it's an identity. It, it, it's it's a space within space. And I, and I love how powerful language can be. But especially, you know, uh, you know, if if it's a, a indigenous word, uh, you know, it, I, it, it's it is it, not what. It, it's even like more powerful. It's like next levels of stuff, you know? So, okay. So that those claiming indigenous, are, yeah. Claiming indigenous, uh, indigenous um, identity here. The other word I would just say is uh, chingona, you know, because I feel, you know, this embraces a lot of us mujeres, you know, that we have to um, one way or another life shapes us to be chingonas and to really, you know, not just own, but really being able to handle a lot of our realities. Love it. OK, next. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? She's thinking to not to to. Um, I guess. 
That's a good one. That's that's a really good one. You know, I I was talking to a friend of mine who was just also telling me like, don't hold back. Mm. You know, um, just always trust your instinct. And I feel that you know, to some extent, in the times that I do allow myself to trust my instincts, you know, things turn out the best way. And so I feel like that I should be. That is one of the things that I always, you know, have a hard time with. But at the same time, you know, it's something that I need to do. Yeah, I love that. Okay, the next one. What is the song that you listen to to get you hyped when you need it? She's thinking. I know, I am thinking. <laughs> din, 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 din. Um, there's so many different songs. I feel like, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to necessarily pick one. Um I like also Madly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the times, you know, if I listen to them, they'll be able to like hype me up um, just because they bring back always really good memories. <laughs> um, you know, they're a great band to see them live. And so I kind of feel like um, and they're a band of the people for the people. So, yes. you know, it just embraces so many different things. And so that's, you know, uh, they have so many awesome songs, but that's like one of the CDs that I would be bumping, you know, in my car. If I'm well, like, what's your okay, like favorite just... Ozomadli song? No, I don't want to just choose one. Well, I, I want to add I, one I, to the playlist, so I can only add one. <laughs> Let me see what I have right here. If you give me a few seconds. Sí. They're like, no, Candy, hubiera sabido esto. Ponte las pilas. <laughs> That's another one, right? Ponte las pilas. Um, no worries. And just like FYI, I saw today that they have a tip top account, a.k.a. TikTok account now. Wow, they're yeah. coming up, huh? I, you know, I, I feel like I'm so old school. I don't know how people um, keep up with all of these social media. Um, <laughs> how, how do you do it, Ritzy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, actually. I don't know how I do it. Well, if you can't if you can't think of one, then, you know, we'll add, you can tell me later and we'll add it to the playlist. And as always, we'll have a link in the show notes to the Word to Your Mama guest hype song playlist. It'll be the first time Oza Molly has been added for sure. What? Yeah, no. no, no one's added Oza Molly. No, this is the first timers. What? Shout out Oza so, Molly. So, you know, um, so then we got so then so then we got to do Cumbia de los Muertos. Okay. If that's, if that's cool, because that's just going to go with, you know, my the theme. theme. Totally. Okay, perfect. totally. Yeah, because they have some really good ones, you know. Um, and I guess so one of my defaults, I guess now here I'm going to say is like I am indecisive because I'm like, there's so many good ones. I have to make a decision <laughs> right now. Which one is it? So it would probably be uh, Cumbia de los Muertos. Um, but other than that, they have they have a lot of really good songs. Yeah, they are fun. I haven't seen them in forever, but they remind me of when I first moved to L.A. from Long Beach and saw them live. And I was like, what is this? This is amazing. And da, 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 da. so it it does have bring back really good memories. That's when I was like heavy in the activist scene. And that's how I got to you know see them and meet them and do all that stuff. OK, final question, Candy. What will be your legacy? Uh, I think my I think my legacy would be that um, I am creating these spaces um, through art, mm. you know, um, for social justice. And I feel that, um, you know, 
Dia de los Muertos is obviously a beautiful tradition that we're able to do that through. But overall, you know, being able to um, make powerful impacts in our communities, bringing people together, I feel that this is going to be one of my legacies that will continue, I feel, you know, with my children, because if anything, that's one of the things that I really try to, you know, encourage in them to be able to um, be involved in the community and give back to the community but obviously take care of themselves, you know, cause that's also key. Yeah. I love that. So, you know, tell the people, you know, what you have going on, how they can reach you. Um, and also if anyone out there is thinking, I want to make my first altar ofrenda ever, what are like, a, what must haves do you have to have on there? Like, you know, you at least have this. For starter, like the like the like Dia de Muertos starter kit. Yeah, uh, and they actually have those. Can you believe that? I know um, it's crazy times. It's crazy times yeah, at Target. They have them at Target. So it's been interesting, but I think you know the most important thing is that if you have the person's photograph, yeah. if you have uh, if you don't have their photograph, because a lot of the times we might have lost even Same. those photographs, right? Um, having the name of that person. And um, and then making something for them that has your essence, whether, you know, it's like we said, a paper flower, whether it's, you know, a little niche, whether it's, you know, whatever it is that you create with your hands mm. by doing that, you're actually creating that offering because you're giving that whatever you're creating is you're giving that essence to it. You know, yeah. obviously um, part of the altar would be, you know, to have their candle and uh, but mainly you want to have their photos you want to give them the light you want to have you know that um if you really you know want to have the four elements then you'll have um the pan de muerto you'll have the marigold and the simpalsuchi that has you know a whole sim symbolism as well uh the candle the water those are like the basics and then something that they liked you know whether it was you know, a Coca-Cola, like I said, or, you know, a coffee mm. or, you know, and I'm sorry, I'm here dropping um, brands, but I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. No, 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 it's okay. But, it's, you know. what What is the significance of the marigolds? Like, why marigolds? So, marigolds are um, a Mesoamerican fl uh, flower, and Sempalsuchi uh, means, um, flower of many petals and usually uh, or flower mm -hmm. of 20, 20 petals and more, you know, so it is also um, representative in the altar because of the smell, mm. because of, you know, it calls on to the spirits. And that's why we you make a little trail for them to follow it because it also lights up the way. Mm. Um, so it does several things, but it also represents, you know, the earth. Um, because it's coming from the earth. It represents the human because back in Mesoamerican times, you know, uh, a, a human was also a symbolism of, you know, the marigolds um, mm. in those traditions back in the days. Um, so there's different significance of the marigolds, but, you know, overall, um, I feel that there's, there's that aspect that is uh, connecting us to our one of the native plants, 
you know, that yeah. we originally had that we continue to still have to this day. And it's also that part of that resistance, right? That you're yes. going to continue to have that. Um, so that would be the marigolds and the significance of them. There's obviously a lot more, you know, um, yeah. information on it. I love that. And also, kids, uh, let me just let you know that the Supernatural Bear and I went to Trader Ho's last week and they now have marigolds. Okay. Yes, they do. Seven ninety nine. Yeah. I'm not trying to give prices here, but (laughs) I saw them too, and I was like, okay, you know, I mean, but you know, Trader Joe's also started having those calacas, right? The sugar skull planters that they've been having, and you know, people. I mean, everybody is, you know, banking on it. That's capitalism, you know, and so that's why I was like, oh shit, it's mainstream. For reals, if Trader Holes has the marigolds. Remember back in the day, like, oh, I have to go to the Callejones to the flower uh-huh. area to it's get crazy. them. It mm-hmm. was tough to get them. And now I can go to Trader Holes. That's it's crazy. It's like good and bad. It's weird. But anyways, Candy. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much, Ritzy, for the opportunity for uh, really opening these doors uh, for me. I am forever grateful. I feel that. um this is a wonderful opportunity, not just for me, but for many folks who are actually creating these um, ofrendas in the community, not just, you know, uh, myself, but there's a lot of us that are trying to keep these traditions alive. And I feel that it's important to showcase them um, because we're not just helping ourselves in our community, we're helping society overall, you know, um, yeah. Dia de Muertos is a healing um Healing is a collective, you know, yes. giving that opportunity to create that sacred space and to be able to heal as a collective. And, you know, just kind of going back to what I had said before, at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all, you know, made out of bones and dust. And so <laughs> it's, you know, we're going to we're going to return to Mikla. Yes, we are. Well, muchísimas gracias, Candy. You're super fucking busy. And so this is, thank you so much for carving some time out. I know you're super tired and you got to do it all over again tomorrow. So muchísimas gracias um, for what you do, for being part of my familia and for, you know, for sharing your time. So muchísimas gracias. I really appreciate you. Thank you. And now introducing... Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural Bear. Bear. Hello, everyone. It is the Supernatural Bear live at 10.27 a.m. Um, in my robe. Because it's really cold. So, anyway. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about Dia de los Muertos. And by the way, shout out to the anonymous shouter and, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, that scientist. <laughs> uh, shout out, shout out to them. They're, they're my, they're my friends, by the way. Miss Candy's, um, children. Children. Uh, so, um, we're talking about Dia de Muertos, Dia de los Muertos. Both of those ways are correct, by the way. So, if someone says Dia de Muertos, don't come, like, trying to correct them and starting Twitter controversy. Again. <laughs> so, um... For me, I I absolutely love making altars. Um... And especially, like, we make homemade flowers. Not, like, 
grow them because <laughs> allergies exist, but we make them out of, what was it? We make them out of, like, that weird, thin, like, confetti-like paper, right? Like that, I believe. And uh, we're going to put the altar up today. If you're watching this at exactly midnight on Sunday, then, well, we put up the altar or anywhere else after that, after this episode gets released. So, I wanted to also say that uh, we honor a lot of people. One of my grandmas, um, grandpa, one of my grandpas, uh, one of my bleep this out, please, uh, the friends, family member, yes, a friend's family member, um, one of my best friend's family member, and, um, a lot more people, uh, in there that we honor, and we have a little, a skeleton, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be Frida, I don't, I don't think so, but it's an old uh, Dia de Muertos skeleton Funko Pop that we have, and it's really awesome. So, oh, by the way, I also love the food, because I'm a huge food guy. Like, I, I cook sometimes, I make a lot of snacks, like, mm, food. I love food. <laughs> it's coming from a guy that just ate 30 minutes ago. Um... So, yeah, that's what Dia de Muertos means to me. Um, it's, I, I love that we get to honor those who have passed, even though it's really, really sad that they have passed. Uh, it is also really, really nice. It is also really, really nice to honor those who have passed, and sometimes you even feel like you, they're, they're back. I mean, not like you wish they're back, because I'm pretty sure everyone wishes you know, a, a passed away family member is back most of the time, unless they treated you terribly or something. But you know, I I I love like some not that you feel like they're back, but you feel like they're in a spiritual way with you, uh, even more than usual, and um. Uh, yeah, I love the traditions, I love the food, I love every, I love everything about it, um, yeah, and then we also leave out water, uh, like a bowl of water for all the souls whose families and friends and things never, don't remember them anymore, like, they don't talk about them, uh, cause they say that a person has two deaths. One, where their physical body stops working, and the second one, when someone says your name for the last time and then forgets about you. Um, and I made the argument that a lot of the slaves, the slaves of people of color, a lot of them probably died and no one cared about them. Because they were slaves. There were probably a lot of them born as that were born as slaves and died as slaves. Doing a lot of heavy working jobs. Like 
a lot of jobs. And then the people who enslave them, they just don't care. And slaves don't get to properly mourn. The rest of slaves' families don't get to properly mourn because they have to do dirty work or else they'll die anyway. Um, so we leave out water for everyone who's been forgotten that hasn't been remembered. And, uh, yeah, that's what we do for Dia de Muertos. And, uh, I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys next week, I think. I'm not sh- Yeah, next week. Um, so, yeah, see, see you guys soon. Bye. Shoo-ba-doo. Yeah! There you have it, folks. Episode 103 of War Dear Mother with Candy Angel Diaz. Powerful. Um, you know, the, when you see someone happy getting their flowers and see how much work they put in and how, you know, just things are happening for them. You get so happy. And, and then when she started tearing up, then I started tearing up. As you could tell, I was having a little issue trying to read the last one from Liberty. But it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so don't forget, there'll be links to all the things that we discussed in the show notes. And if you heard the Supernatural Bear Corner, this morning he came in, early in the morning he came in and he said, you know, we're talking about altars and putting it up today. And he, because, you know, we, we homeschool. We've been homeschooling pre-pandemic. And it's very important that, you know, if there's certain things that I don't feel as strongly or comfortable or as well-versed in to, to teach them, um, that I want it to come from others that that's what they do right so he brought up that point this morning about leaving the water out for lost souls or those that don't have anyone to remember to keep their memory alive and then he mentioned about the slaves and I love I love that he's thinking like that because you know that's that's a beautiful thing now that we can always it could be part of our tradition um part of the ritual the tradition that you know this is why we do this but also because the supernatural bear is part african-american he's part black and so that's why i feel like it was very important for him to to when he when we when he was excuse me old enough to really understand and grasp and when we went into those that subject that part of history that part of his history that we wanted it to be well-rounded um true (laughs) you know and stuff like that so right now he on Sundays he takes uh black history from a decolonized perspective so it's African-American history and it's taught by uh, an amazing black woman her name is Miss Iman and so he's been getting I mean he's all he's like kind of already advanced anyways but I think this was the perfect time for him to do that so the fact that he's thinking like that and that he was able to incorporate it and bring it into this tradition it, it's a beautiful thing um and yeah so you know I think there's been a a, a definitely um a commercialization as Candy as Candy mentioned of Dia de Muertos for because of especially after when Coco came out right but I was fortunate enough to go to Oaxaca alone it was my first and only trip that I took alone I was there for 16 days 
this was like early 2000s, way before the Supernatural Bear was born. I think I was still working at House of Blues concerts. And I went by myself. I stayed with the family. And I took Spanish. I took cooking from this abuelita. She was amazing. Um, and then I also had an intercambio. It was an exchange kind of with a, a student that was there. So he could pl- practice English and I can practice Spanish. It was a magical, magical thing because I was there for the Dia de Muertos. And it ch- it really changed my life. And then when Coco came out, I was like, yep, that's how it is. It was so I was taking this this Spanish class. It was like me and three white people. And it was like some advanced, you know, they test you in. And, you know, it was, I think, the 31st. And the building is this gorgeous, like, old colonial building. And it had, like, the beautiful old school windows. And she was, the instructor was telling us, you know, the history of Dia de Muertos and how... Leading up to Dia de Muertos, there's each day is for different types of souls, different kinds of souls that are coming into back into town, back to the people's altars of those that remember them. And I swear to fucking the lords and dragons above, she was telling us. And on that day, I believe on the 31st are, are like the children's souls or those children's that have been, you know, murdered or something like that some tragic deaths and as she's telling us like it's a warm day you know it's a warm day we have the windows open it's a warm day and as she's telling us about the souls coming in and then she's like yes and you can feel you know cold cool breezes coming in and those are the souls i swear to the lords and dragons above a cool breeze came in we were like what the fuck um so that was one of the things. Another thing is that we went to the comparsas in Itla, which is one of the towns in Oaxaca. And the it's basically kind of like parades um, for Dia de Muertos, but it's in like a residential area. And people are in costumes, people are not in costumes, people have instruments, and you're just going along, like processions of people and you're just like adding on just filing in joining the party and then we i mean this is probably maybe it's not maybe it's still happening now but i'm sure during covid it wasn't happening but um you you go to different people's houses a, a group of us like it was a group of us and we're like you know with the you know banging things and da 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 singing and you go to someone's house and then they bring out their like moonshine homemade mezcal because mezcal you drink it to 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 get onto a higher frequency so that you you know you can connect and, and see the the those that are coming back and it was just I was there and I was just like this is amazing and then we go to the cemeteries right and there's like food stands all up in the front you know the families at their at their plots with you know food and drinks and you just hear laughing and and just it it is it's a beautiful thing to 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 witness so you know it's very special to me on so many different levels so to have candy on and talk about traditions and what people do in other latin american countries and the symbolism for all the different things it's it's special all around so i hope you guys are having 
having or had an amazing Hallow's Eve, uh, you know, if this is your first or, uh, you know, uh, 20th time putting an altar together, let let us know. I would love to see pictures, videos, or anything of, of what you're doing. And remember, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be a grand scale. It's just, you know, something to remember your loved ones by. So, yes. And always, there's all the ways, I'm not going to get into it, this one, of how you can support us. Thank you so much for those who have been supporting uh, since day one or those who just started supporting. And, you know, the free way is uh, tell your peeps, tell your folks, tell your friends. And as always, we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Roots P. Intro Beat, produced by Nico Beats. If you want to know more, or you want to email us, you want to get the media kit, go head over to wordtoyourmama.com. Word to Your Mama is now part of the Latina Podcasters Network. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by RitzBarrowWinkle.com.